Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this identity and how-to episode, Chris Castro from Begin to Shift and I will have a discussion about how to reflect God's love as leaders in the marketplace. Chris and I have known each other for many years and gotten closer in the last few years. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Patty. It's <laughs> exciting to be here. You and I have always had great interviews, so I'm looking forward to it. Either you're interviewing me or I'm interviewing you. Right. It's always good. It's always fun. Tell us quickly a little bit about yourself and your ministry and what you do. I, by trade, am a certified leadership and life coach. Been doing that for uh, since 2008. Like all entrepreneurs, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. But there's been a lot of great God moments and growth in the process of it. Currently, the Lord has been leading me to shift more of my business towards a ministry focus to it. I'm actually in seminary now to get some of the educational piece of it so that I can really walk out my calling in the marketplace more easily. Awesome. Okay. So I wanted Jesus to have the opportunity to set the tone for our discussion today. So this morning I asked him what he most wanted to have us discuss and cover today. And he said, I spent a small fraction of my days and hours ministering inside the walls of the synagogue. The marketplace is life. It's where you encounter people in work and school and family and social situations, sharing life with people in good times and in hard times. It's important for believers to realize that the church is not the building you walk into on Sundays. The church is you. I am inside the hearts of every believer. So when you walk into a room, I walk into that room with you. Remember that people are watching you and I am with you, watching you all the time as well. Every word and action you take is a reflection of me. Are you reflecting the truth of who I really am? Reflecting the fruit of the spirit with love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. Or do you live a life that reflects me as something less or perhaps even the opposite of who I really am? Your life and stories affect people. My heart is for you to love people well in every opportunity that you have inside the world of marketplace. Make the desire to know me contagious by the influence that you have in your life because you know me so well and you're sharing me well with people. That was a pretty good heart posture for us. So what did you have to say about that? What did, how did you react? I was excited when I heard it because it's very much what he's been speaking to me about. Awesome. What I've come to discover specifically the last year and a half or so is that we bring Jesus with us wherever we go. And most of us spend 80% of our day outside of the church walls, outside of our family. That's sometimes the only Jesus anybody ever sees. Amen. And if we claim publicly to be representing him, we really need to act like him without perfection because none of us is perfect. We're all going to have bad days. But there's an authentic and transparency piece about saying and being who we say we are. 
Um, And that's what the Lord is really pressing in on me, especially in leadership roles Mm -hmm. that, and that's why I think the Lord has me going to seminary is because there's a whole pastorally minded piece that Jesus carried with him everywhere he went. I mean, he had a kingdom assignment, but in the process of that sharing the good news kingdom assignment, he also stopped and healed people. He stopped and met needs. Mm -hmm. He stopped and encouraged people. He stopped and helped people see their identity in him. Mm And those are the things that if leaders would listen to the voice of God throughout their day, that they would have the honor of partnering with him in doing it. And so I'm excited about it. Yeah. The bottom line, you said he stopped. The reason he stopped is because he could see. The Lord would highlight to him a need or a person. And that's one of the things that I think is very important for us to be able to learn how to do is to be so tuned to the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit that we see and hear and notice and feel the things that the Lord needs us to do in order to reach people in the marketplace. So let's talk for a minute about what leadership is actually, because a lot of people go, well, I'm not a leader. When I worked at Parmadale, there was this conference that we did every year called Everyone's a Leader. And the point was always to help people realize that you're following Jesus, but you're leading people in your circle of influence. Who's a leader? Stay-at-home mom is a leader. Absolutely. role that is for a family. Whatever role that you are, you are a leader. So what do you have to say about that? Because we want to say, you know, people might go, oh, this is about leadership. If I'm not a business owner, it's not for me. So what do you have to say about that? Again, if Jesus is our savior, he has tasked us, and it says this all over the all over the Bible, specifically the New Testament, that we are to be a light, which means that we are leading others to Jesus. And that by default makes us a leader. It's not about position. Right. It's about heart posture. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter, like you said, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if an older retired person, if you're a student, you are leading from the heart. Mm-hmm. And it's just about being an example to others around you. That's exactly what it is. It's what can people learn because they're around you? What do they learn? What do they see? So in order to reflect Jesus, you need to know Jesus. You can't really reflect him as he really is without knowing him. So I wanted to take a minute and talk a little bit about holy habits. Holy habits are things that you do because you want to. It's different than things you do because you have to. A holy habit, the ways that you build your relationship with Jesus. And some of those ways are are word and worship and praise and and encounter. But if your lifestyle does not include concentrated God time, it's impossible, isn't that, to reflect God? Yes, it is. Just to quickly circle back, I just want to make one more statement based on what you said before. We've had a successful day if we've been an example that helps somebody lead them one step closer to Jesus. And we're not in charge of the results. So I just want to yeah, make sure that people know point. that. We are not in charge of the results. We show up and we do what Jesus says 
we be who Jesus wants us to be. We try our best to align ourselves with all the things in scripture that give the characteristics and the heart postures and the forgiveness and all of that stuff. And it's up to Jesus to have the other person see and hear and understand. Our job is to do it and be it. So right. anyway. Yeah. And, and you can't do it without being it. You yes. must see it first before you do it because, yep. you know, when I was doing all my research on the biblical research project on callings and what does that have to do with love? That was my biblical research assignment was what does callings have to do with love? And people believe that callings are all about what you do. And the word says, if you do anything without love, it's nothing, right? God is love. So we can't have love or be love without him. So we need to be able to learn how to tap into the immeasurable vastness of his love. And then we have something to reflect. Yes, indeed. So being this first, it is about spending time getting to know him. And right now you're doing that in part by going to seminary and nothing invites God's presence more than praise and worship, right? Being in the word. Absolutely. What are some of your holy habits? It's funny when you described it, you said that they're the things you want to do, not the things you have to do. I've found that sometimes you have to start in that place that you don't want to do it, but you're committed to changing your attitude, renewing your mind. And over time you grow to love to do it. So it kind of depends on where you are in the process of maturity and growth with Jesus. And worship is a perfect example. You know, most of my life, I didn't get worship. I would go to church and they would play songs and they would play them for the fourth time. And I was like, enough already. Don't, can't we just sing that verse like once? Why do we have to sing it four times? There was a repetitive piece that really bothered me. Oh, I'm still bothered by repetition. Much later, I entered a season of deep brokenness. And one of the things I discovered that the Lord helped me understand is that worship is warfare. Mm, And once I understood that worship was the path to warfare in the spirit for my really difficult circumstances, it became a whole new why for Mm. me. And so so I started practicing. And if you were a fly on the wall, you would have laughed at me. I got Pandora on my Roku and I would put on praise music and it felt really silly and uncomfortable to be singing, to sitting there, praising and worshiping by myself, because at that time I had really only done it in church right? Except on the radio, like a Christian radio song for me was different than focused praise. Mm -hmm. And so I spent this period of time doing it. And the more I did it, the more it felt natural. And the more it felt natural, the more I did it. Mm -hmm. And now like four years later, I can't imagine not being in that space. And I don't do it all the time, but I do it regularly. It's a space for me that healing happens, that cleansing happens, that I just feel God. So it's become this transformational holy habit for me that started off as a really, why the heck do I have to do this? And then, a, all right, God, I'll try. And it's just been a maturity path for me. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that any focus that you have on Jesus whether it's because you're in the word or because you're praising or because you're seeking to encounter him, like people learn how to do on this 
podcast, you're fixing your eyes on him and that causes him to fix his eyes back on you. And wherever his eyes flows, his favor, his transformational power flows. That's why you're saying that, hey, when I started to worship, there was healing there. There was, yeah, yeah. And that's why you start to learn that it blesses you. You know, people are like, I don't understand the tongues. I, I don't understand why I should speak in tongues. Just do it for 15 minutes. And you might not even be able to describe why, but you'll feel it. You'll know, you'll know that there's something going on there and that it's blessing you somehow. And like you said, I was never a fan of cleaning the house, but when I coupled it with praise music, you know, it's like whistle while you work because <laughs> it takes me about three hours to clean my house. There's nothing like three hours of worshiping while you're cleaning your house to make you change how much you like cleaning the house, right? <laughs> That's sort of a fruit of that. But let's talk about other fruits of that habit and how the transformation of a holy habit will begin to tap you into God's nature as character. What does that feel like? And what does that look like when you start to really see yourself change? in Christ? Uh, I think the more holy habits you do, the more holy habits you adopt as part of your lifestyle, and it really is about lifestyle habits, mm -hmm. the more connected you are to Jesus, the more you get what you need more easily, the more you hear him. Mm -hmm. It's this whole like domino thing. I find now in this stage of my life, because of the habits I've developed, because of the abiding that I do, that things just happen more easily, that inner peace stays more easily, that I overcome more easily. You know, I still get knocked down. I still have these days where I'm just sad about certain things. I get angry about certain things, but I recover more quickly. And it's all because of the interconnection of the lifestyle of abiding through those holy habits with Jesus. Yeah. yeah amen. Like you said, it's a lifestyle. When, you, when your lifestyle has you fixing your eyes on Jesus, then you begin to live out of his perspective. So yes, there are times when you're sad or, or discouraged or something happens, but just like in the Psalms with David, where he starts off ranting, he chooses, it's a choice to shift his eyes back up to God and say, oh, but you are my God, you are my redeemer. And he shifts it. And this is the reason he's the man after God's own heart. Because it's not like you can ever go through life and go, oh, you know, I'm just always happy all the time. Nothing can ever judge me. No. Isn't that a Stepford wife? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no, the shorter the time period you can spend cutting off the wallowing and understanding how to shift back onto God, he will show you that crazy person that cuts you off's Heart. A friend of mine was sharing a story about how she just had a young person road rage her and, and actually try to hit her car because she was so mad. And she was like, what's going on with this lady? She was so upset about it. But when we stop and go, okay, God, what's happening with her? Oh, wow. That wasn't about me at all. That was about something going on. And that total stranger's life. What would make a total stranger so angry come after a total stranger on, on the street? It's not about that person, it's something happening. So how can I pray for that person, God? Those times of looking at the world and allowing it to overwhelm you get tinier and tinier and tinier, the more holy habits you have in your life. And so there's a greater 
chance of reflecting the love of God if you have an abiding lifestyle, which is what we're talking about with holy habits. There's a couple of verses that the Lord's been highlighting to me over the last six months or so. Uh-huh. And it's right before Jesus was crucified when he stood in front of the, um, I can't remember who it was, the priests and, and Herod, and they were torturing him and he put the crown of thorns on his head mm-hmm. and he said nothing. And it was that whole heart posture of God's in charge. There's a purpose for my pain and I'm going to reflect the father in this circumstance because I see their hearts and I'm going to have compassion for them, even though they're beating me up. And God has been making that verse real to me. Mm. And it's been a whole different level of surrender to be Mm. in the midst of unjust pain and to try to overcome my own anger and frustration and sadness and remember That this person or these people are dealing with their own stuff and they're just taking it out on me. That's right. It's not always about you. Yeah, that's so, so good because it helps you to remember that God sees every heart right? God sees every heart and he, he, and he knows every heart motivation. He knows the wounding there's woundings behind inappropriate behavior, right? We had a prayer retreat last Saturday and they go, put on your love glasses. (laughs) I have these 1970s circle yellow sunshine glasses that the Lord actually asked me to pick up for a memory stone. Essentially. It's like, I want you to remember to always see the world through my lens. And they were teaching about that last Saturday. And I just thought of it right now with the love glasses. You got to put on your love glasses because you have to stop and pause just like David did and go, Oh God, what's going on? Show me from your perspective what's going on. So there's a, there's a justice piece to that where God is going to make it right in some way. It may not be the way you want to make it right, but he will make it right. And you have to trust that. And that was the flip side of that Mm -hmm. is God loves me. He doesn't like that I'm being mistreated or he doesn't like how it's going on. But not only do I have to see and understand and have compassion on the person that's treating me that way, I have to believe that God's going to make it right. Therefore, I can stay silent within the parameters of what he's asking me to be silent around. Or I can speak truth and love and let it go and trust he's going to deal with it. Amen. That is so good. So what I wanted to do is have a shift into some powerful stories. I want to share a story of someone who got it wrong. And then I want us to share stories of when somebody gets it right, because as the Lord pointed out in the beginning of this episode, he wants us to reflect him well in the marketplace. Dr. David Jeremiah told a story about sitting in a restaurant with a woman at a table close enough that he could hear her. She was loud. And she was extremely rude to the waitress. She was just really rude to the the waitress. And he was distracted by how this poor waitress was being treated. Well, the lady left the the restaurant and she she put a track on the table, but not a tip. So that was like, oh no. I mean, now that behavior is being attached to Christianity. He pulled the track off the table and he threw double the portion of a tip down there. He was talking about how you have to be aware that God is watching everything you're doing. And when you behave unlovingly in a public place and then attach his name to it, 
that grieves him Absolutely. at no end. That was one story. But the other story I want to tell is about Dan, the adventure guide. So George and I were on a whitewater rafting trip. I remember Dan because he knew his calling was about reflecting the love of God. He was our adventure guide. He was, and he, he told jokes. He saw people. When someone was concerned, you could see that he zoomed right in to make sure they weren't afraid. There was something about this guy that was Jesus. In fact, it was funny. He looked like Jesus. He had the beard and the long hair. He looked like Jesus. And he absolutely reflected well. And he knew that his mission was to give people an enjoyable, fun encounter with God's nature. And that he was going to do everything in his power to make sure that that experience blessed the heck out of everybody there. And I noticed him and I remembered him because he knew that reflecting God well was part of his calling. No matter what you're doing, no matter what your job is in life, you got to reflect God well, right? Yep, absolutely. So so, um, do you have any stories to share like that? Well, what's really neat is um, I'm on a leadership team for another ministry called Follower of One, and it's a marketplace ministry. Mm -hmm. And they have virtual mission trips, which they do four times a year. And we're on a virtual mission trip now. And one of the guys on the trip, he's the leader of a company and he has set the culture in his company that they all know that Jesus is Lord. And it's this really interesting thing where he doesn't expect everybody to be a Christian, but they all know Jesus is Lord, like in in his culture. He was sharing a story yesterday. One of his employees had really screwed up in such a way that it affected his leaving for his anniversary trip. And he was annoyed Mm -hmm. and he could have handled that a bunch of different ways. Right. Right. But what he did when he got back from vacation is he sat down with that employee and he had a conversation with him and he talked to him and he encouraged him and he found out the behind the scenes stuff, which he kind of knew, but he found out more. And he ended up helping that employee forgive, Mm -hmm. release, remove offenses. Nice. And he recommitted himself to the Lord at the end of it. And that is an example of a leader who is Christ because he could have just reprimanded him and done whatever, but he chose to be Christ in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to do what the world does. We're supposed to walk alongside people, ask Jesus how to handle things and do things that sometimes look illogical. But Jesus says, that's the path that I want you to go on. That's the thing that I want you to do, because I know that person is going to respond to this crazy thing. Yes, I love it. So you are sliding us right into the radical love section of our discussion. Radical love. It is that willingness to do crazy things, crazy things, because the Lord has something for you. There will be times in your life that are marked significant times where God will teach you something and you get a major upgrade in life. And every time you have a story related to that, mine is related to Lyme's disease. God will get your attention somehow, but he got your attention in a really cool and creative way. And most people will listen to your story and go, I could never do that. And I, and I bet you anything, Chris, that if someone said to you a year before you wound up doing it, 
I would never do that. So (laughs) briefly share your story of radical love, what you learned from the Lord and your story and how it makes you a better person now having gone through it. Absolutely. And the, the highlight view of that is that in a season of brokenness, I ended up going through this healing and recovery period. After that healing and recovery period, I felt like the Lord said to me, pack up and go. And at that time, I had finished up the Celebrate Recovery program to go through emotional healing on certain things and to kind of get rid of, you know, some internal stuff that had kept me stuck. And I was giving my testimony. And when the Lord told me to pack up and go, I was like, where? And he just said, pack up and go. And at that point, this didn't come out of the blue in that he didn't train me, teach me certain things to connect the dots. It was more, there was a long list of things that he had put me through circumstances that prepared me for this without me even knowing he was preparing me for this. Yes. And so I recognized through some of those previous circumstances that he literally meant, let go of your lease, get in the car, and I'm going to tell you where to go. And that's what I ended up doing for three months solid. And then another three months on the back end, it was a little different, but I ended up following Holy Spirit's leading across the country. It ended up being 12,000 or 14,000 miles in three months. Yeah. Um, It was the, I had known Patty for like 10 years, but had never met her. So I ended up stopping in at Patty's house and that was the first we time we close met. friends we were acquaintances we were acquaintances yes, now we i were. consider you a close friend but uh at the time it was a real radical to move to to call somebody who was a online acquaintance years ago and go can i come and stay at your house so yeah and i think part of the story reason i'm even bringing it up again chris's story is in the in the how to encounter the direction of god book that's coming out later this year oh we talked about it so it could be in the book but anyway um yeah so but uh and actually chris is the person i dedicated that direction book to just so everybody know that but the real reason is that i really want people to know that god will do what it takes to begin to get your attention enough that you notice him that you start to spend these holy habits with him so that he can begin to transform you so that you can reflect him well in the marketplace. And so that he can fully prepare you for your calling. Of course, Chris wrote her own book about this. Tell us a little bit about that, how people can get a hold of that. I'll put a link to it on this episode. The book ended up being called Crazy Might Be a Blessing in Disguise because the entire adventure was crazy from the moment God asked me all the way through the end of it because so many supernatural, miraculous things happened through it. There were, I packed up my car with everything I might need to sleep in it because I had no idea if I was going to have a place to stay. I always had food with me in case I didn't have money to eat. There were so many stories where things just happened. Provision just showed up. People just said, yes, you can stay with me, like Patty, and (laughs) other things. And there were times where I thought I was supposed to go in a specific direction, but it didn't work out. And God completely changed the direction. And I mean, literal direction, like in my car going somewhere. And I ended up somewhere else. And 
divine assignments happened. Mm -hmm. People would hand me money along the trip, like just, and it paid for the gas to get to the next place I was going. Yeah. Like it was crazy, but it taught me. And here's the holy habit. It taught me that Jesus really meant when he says where he said, why are you worrying about tomorrow? And secondly, he meant when he said the command, because it is a command, don't worry. And yeah. I've had to learn not to worry. Even today, I've gotten so used to living one hour at a time. I don't always like it, but I'm used to it that I can now look at my checkbook and go, all right, so I have $3. I guess that get, bill will get paid. And it does. <laughs> and sometimes he asks me to give and I can't look at my checkbook. Right. And I just have to pay whatever he whatever he told me to do, I just have to do and trust that he's going to pay it. And he always does. Well, so I've learned to give without looking at my checkbook. Yes, you have definitely learned that you can trust Jehovah Jireh, the provider. You can trust the shepherd. You can trust, I mean, you just met so many names of God on that trip, you know, and what happens when you encounter these names and you learn these lessons is things, onion layers get burned off and you get closer and closer to the pure Christ identity that he called you to be so he can use you to reflect him well in the marketplace. Stories are powerful. I know for a while you had a ministry related to stories. We don't have too much time to go uh, off on that. People don't have a story. They have dozens of stories. Whenever you encounter somebody who's struggling with something, the Lord will pop into your spirit a time you learned a lesson about that. So you can tell your story Absolutely. and stories heal because they help people realize how real Jesus is. You know, the realness of God is powerful. It's one of the things the enemy hopes that people never understand. They, the enemy's goal is to keep God distant and judgmental and that religious spirit picture of God is not the God of the Bible and it's not the God that indwells you. So learning to see people, I think, is one of the fruits that happens mm -hmm. to see, to hear, to notice the need to have the courage to respond to it. It took enormous courage for you to go on that trip. And if I had never said yes, I promise you, I would not have learned those lessons. And so that's the thing I want to encourage everybody that's listening. Yeah. God knows what you need to set you up for the next season of your life. And if you don't say yes to God, yeah. it's going to delay what he wants to give you. It will. So and good. You, and I'm not saying that you have to just say yes, like go test it. You don't think I spent time testing it? I did. And, and he kept reinforcing what he asked me. And I kept telling God he was crazy and I kept testing it. So there was a little disobedience at the end of it. But the beginning of it was not disobedience. I was literally testing it, asking people and confirming because it was a crazy request. Yeah. But thankfully, I said yes. Yeah. Yeah. People may not really understand that you would be like at my house and not have a next place to go till maybe 24 hours before you have to be at the next place. So yep. you, you were trusting God. So like literally, like you said, moment by moment, you were trusting him to guide you moment by moment without having any idea what was going on. So God chose a very creative way to get you. <laughs> Yes, he did. And he'll but get it was what I needed. It, it was a unique assignment for me. Mm -hmm. So please don't be comparison. God yeah. loves us all differently and treats us all differently. Right. And he'll get you, listener, 
the way he needs to get you just need to say yes and amen to it. So, okay, well, it's been such a fun discussion today. How can people connect with you, Chris, and how can they get your book? Uh, if you go to my website, most of that stuff is on there. Uh, it's begin to with a T-O shift.com and Patty will have the link. Yeah, The book information is on there. And if you have any questions, you can find my email, just email me. For those of you who are in the marketplace, since this is a marketplace focused podcast, if you're really trying to integrate your life and work more easily, um, mm -hmm. reach out to me because maybe the marketplace mission trip that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it would be an opportunity for you to do that. And it's not my ministry. It's just a ministry that I'm connected to that I lead. So I can talk to you about that too. And we have the next mission trip is in July. Great. And we will put the link to that opportunity as well. Thank you so much, Chris, for your time. It's been fun as ever. And God bless you and your ministry. Thank you, Patty. You too. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. So Jesus has a special marketplace love challenge for you. So after playing with him in the special place for a little while... He will give you a random act of kindness assignment. He will give you a unique one and let you know what to do and for whom. Obey that challenge because it's there to bless you and teach you a lesson. After you have had that experience and done whatever he asked you to do, go back and have another conversation with Jesus about what it was that he wanted you to learn about it and how it felt when you did it. Whether that assignment was a real stretch to your comfort zone or just something that you were completely blessed by, I hope that you learned a lesson about how to reflect God's love in the marketplace. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.